Hello, hello. Welcome back to Leading Women in Tech. It's Tony here, your leadership career bestie, your lit up leadership career bestie. I hope you are doing well. Today, I am joined by Annie Regosa. She's the Director of Client Services at Clear Digital, which is a digital agency specializing in marketing and advertising for B2B. However, we're here to talk about being a woman. One of the things that when I first met Annie, we had this amazing conversation about how her femininity has really delivered for her as a leader. And I was like, we have to talk about this on the show because I think femininity has become frowned upon. We Society thinks femininity is a bad thing these days. Toxic femininity. And I, I really wish we could reclaim it. And I hope that this conversation where we're going to dig into how femininity is a leadership advantage, how when Annie is the only woman in the room, she's helped others learn how to hear each other better. They listen better. They think things through more thoroughly. We're going to talk through that today, that that female dividend that companies are now benefiting from. I actually derailed the conversation a little bit by getting on one of my soapboxes around how I think actually the last 15 years and some of the shift we've seen culturally in the workplace is partly due to the fact we're now seeing more women in Egypt. And I, I call out in particular the VP of people roles, as I think they've seen a big increase and we've got a lot of work to do across the whole of the sector of tech. But I think VP of people have seen this big increase. And so I dig into that a little bit. We're also going to talk about allyship and being vulnerable, just a little bit about being vulnerable. So without further ado, let's get Annie onto the show. Welcome to the Leading Women in Tech podcast, the show that celebrates women in technology leadership. I'm your host, Tony Collis, and this podcast is the result of my passion for building better tech by diversifying the leadership of the technology sector. Join me on this journey as I discuss all things leadership, what it takes to be innovative, breaking through the glass ceiling, be a great leader, and how to navigate the unique experiences we face as women in tech. So sit back, grab your headphones, and get ready to be inspired to become a better leader. Welcome to the show, Annie. It's great to have you here. Hi, Tony. Uh, thanks for having me today. I'm delighted to dig into this because a bit of femininity goes a very long way, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we do that, I would love for you to share your career journey to date, the highlights, the lowlights. I think we can learn so much from lowlights. I say that every week. <laughs> And why you're now passionate about being the person who helps women be women in the workplace. Sure. Uh, you know, so starting early in my career, I think just like most people graduating college, not having any idea what I wanted to do. I really just jumped into the first job that I thought was in the realm of the industry that I you know, thought I should be in, which was within advertising. And so I think that that's almost the best way to do things too, just to jump right in and you know, start to, a little bit of trial and error. And so working into search engine marketing, media planning and buying for many years, and then realizing I really enjoyed the customer client relationship aspect of my career. So I then pivoted into account management and then eventually leading those teams of media planning, um, account management in different roles, different organizations, which has since led me here to um, Claire Digital today. And I think within that whole process, there's been things that I've learned and taken away from each, you know, organization, each type of personality I work with. So what would you say has led you to where you are today? What about your journey meant that you chose this particular path? You know, I, I think that, you know, 
what I really enjoyed was understanding people, understanding that people have concerns and issues and being able to identify how we can accomplish those goals together. That's really gratifying for me and doing that in a creative way was really great too. But I think that what I really love and lean into over the years is the fact that there's this human element to my job. And so really understanding people is really the priority in being successful in these relationships in also the work that I do. Well, let's talk about that human element, because I know you and I, we want to have a talk about how as women, far too many of us have sacrificed our femininity. And especially my experience as the, a woman in tech and working with women in tech is I think the masculine energy that comes with a lot of the male tech industry, I hope we're changing it, but it's slow. There is an even bigger pressure for us to be more male and less feminine. I would like to know, how have you seen this play out? How, why do you think it comes about? And um, what's your personal experience of it? Yeah, it's a good question. And in this industry, it, you know, it is highly male dominated still. It is changing. It is evolving. But as you're moving up into higher roles, you are still seeing more of a male presence in those positions. And so I think with that being said, as a woman, it is sometimes difficult to navigate in those personalities, but also mm. try to be yourself and be honest with who you are. So, you know, I think that what happens in a lot of cases is that people want to try to be one of the guys and they want to try to talk like them, act like them, raise their voice like them, when really that's not really throwing kind of your strength around it. it it makes you one of them where you can really stand out by being different and by being who you are. And I think femininity is something that we should really embrace because it does separate us in a lot of ways and in a lot of good ways too, where, you know, our male colleagues can really learn a lot of things from us as well. Yeah. Well, so why is it that our male colleagues are not already learning something from us? What do you think is going on there? There, there might be years of really kind of just having this male saturated industry where mm. that's just the personalities that they've been used to embracing. A lot of them have been in the industry for many years and, you know, disrupting it by having different personalities and, you know, um, different people that are coming in and saying, you know, I know that things have been done this way and it's been effective for you, but I'm coming in with a different angle and I want you to see this perspective. And I think mm -hmm. that that is really changing the viewpoints of, how things are done internally, but then it's also changing, I think, in a positive way of how it's relaying out to our community and to, you know, our partners and relationships and clients that we have. Well, many of the women I work with, many women in tech in general, have been the only woman in the room since childhood. I mean, I certainly, when I first started choosing subjects at school, which here you do at 14, um, you choose some subjects at 14, you then do more at 16 and so on and so on. And as soon as I started choosing subjects, I was choosing things where I was the one girl. I was one of just a handful of girls. I was the first girl in my school to do electronics, for example. There was me and one other girl at that time, and we were the first two ever to study electronics. And so this is very normal for many of the women I work with. Like we've we've just been so indoctrinated in this male-dominated environment. And therefore, we don't resonate with the word femininity. In fact, some of us get a bit like, Tetchy about it. I certainly used to. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? That's not me. What would you say to them about this conversation and how they can still embrace, if they wish to, their femininity? Maybe like, what is femininity to start off with? Yeah. You know, femininity to me personally, and I think it can really 
have so many different meanings. And I think you're right. I think that there has been this negative kind of connotation associated with the word. But, and I think in a lot of ways it's been seen as weak or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, meek even in, you know, conversations and personality traits. And, you know, what I really see as femininity is being able to embrace the vulnerability, being able to really hear and see people in a way that should not be seen as something that's a weakness in us. It's really just this really beautiful aspect that sometimes Mm -hmm. we just naturally have. Where at the end of the day, when we work with people and people are the things that really keep things running, is that we have to understand that human and almost sensitivity like that goes with our day-to-day work. And sensitivity can sometimes be, you know, something that people might roll their eyes at, but I see it as something that's a really great opportunity to be a better coach, a better mentor, and, um, you know, a better person that helps elevate team members too and doing what they do. And that's where I see my femininity personally as a strength and something that, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm trying to kind of, you know, I love that when people pick up on that and, you know, with my male colleagues as well, that they start to see that angle and they embrace that in their own teams as well. Well, actually, it's interesting you say like when men start to pick up on that, because one thing I I thought was interesting is I, I know that I'm aware that myself and others, we've adopted masculine traits. Uh, I think one of the things that we don't talk enough about in society is, well, how can men benefit in the workplace from getting in touch with their female side? Because, you know, if we can become more male, surely they can become more female. And there's there's a whole, you know, stereotype going on there potentially. But what can we do? Like, what is the benefits that men aren't reaping by just like ignoring this if they are doing so? I think it's important for all genders to understand that there's different perspectives in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And so the way that I may look at something, maybe I'm looking at super siloed. I'm really only seeing my perspective and maybe it's just my personal angle and things. And same thing for them. And so I think that it comes down to having the right people in the room. And it really comes down to the people because if mm-hmm. you allow yourself to break those barriers down and say, you know what, I want to hear your perspective. Although I would probably never think that way. There are things that we can pick up on. We can still be true to who we are, but understanding that there's more than one angle to seeing something, more than one solution, that makes us a better, better person in general. Well, I want to dig into leadership. See, that's the point of this podcast. And when you and I were chatting before we hit record, we've talked about how femininity is a leadership advantage. So let's dig into that. How do you view our femininity as a way to become a better leader, as a leadership advantage, an advantage for the business, and why? I really embrace my womanhood and femininity, and I am one woman in a group of three men. So the four of us make up the leadership team. And so I am really grateful that for one, that, you know, we hear each other out and coming into, you know, this organization specifically, there have been things done a certain way. And so being able to hear those different viewpoints has really allowed, and for myself too, you know, I, I, I have, haven't been in this situation where I am on a leadership team with three other men in particular, and we're handling very difficult conversations, but it has allowed us to really hear each other better, listen better, and really make decisions based on have I really thought everything through. And I think that naturally came with time of 
you know, working with each other, hearing each other. But the big key is that you have to listen. You have to be able to take a pause and to hear each other out. And that has made mm-hmm. us collectively better leaders, at, you know, here at this company. So are you saying that your femininity is the thing that's giving you the ability to pause? Or is it that, that you're different, which means everybody has to pause? Like, where does the benefit come yeah. from? My take on it has been, you know, maybe collectively differ from their perspective and management and not in a bad way. There are things that I, you know, can definitely learn and pick up from. I think my femininity has really instilled the way I like to manage and the way I like to coach. And it's really kind of understanding the person better versus let's just kind of resolve the issue. So I think that that was something that was just kind of naturally ingrained And so when I'm able, you know, and, you know, I've been confident and opening myself up and saying, hey, this is the approach I like to take. This is why I like to take it. And it is, you know, by far maybe a little bit different from what they've been doing. But being able to take that pause collectively, all of us, and understand that has has really helped us move forward. It's really interesting because you, you're asserting that, uh, and I, I do agree with you here, but I think it's just really worth stating it, obviously, that one of the reasons you take the time to understand people more is because of your gender, or at least your experience in this gender, what we're classing as the femininity piece, and that you're, uh, therefore you're saying that you're a better leader. Is that a correct definition of what you're getting at? I actually do agree with you, but in case that sounds like yeah, I disagree I, with I, you. I, I totally what you said was spot on. And I think the most important part too is being honest with who you are. And Mm -hmm. this is who I am. This is how I like to, now I like to coach. And although I am open to hearing different perspectives, I want to be honest with who I am and the results that I've seen in Mm -hmm. doing things this way. Yeah. And I just, I really wanted to call that out because I think having this conversation, I think the word femininity for some of the listeners, certainly if they're like some of the people I know, femininity has toxic connotation to it at times. I actually want to dig into that in just a second. Um, But what I really want people to hear is actually our femininity is the very thing that we, many of us recognize is a good leadership trait. It is about slowing down and being people first rather than dollars first. I was just coaching a client just a few minutes ago and we were talking about how there's somebody else coming into our organization who has a background in, in basically just cutting companies down. And the company up until now, the culture has been very much people first and it has reaped dividends. And to have that shift towards what I would view as quite a masculine mindset of dollars above people, I think is actually quite damaging. And yet I think so many of us as women unconsciously are pushing to become more masculine because that's all the role models we have around us. And we are letting go unconsciously of that attitude of people first, there's got to be a balance. And I talk about that all the time in my coaching. There's a, there's a balance to be struck, right? I'm not asserting that we should be making spending decisions where we never consider the dollars. It should, you know, only because of the human, it's got to be balanced. But one or the other, I think is a mistake. And I think if we actually recognize that this is part of our natural female advantage, we can have a debate whether that's nature or nurture. Like that's... <laughs> something I'm not sure we'll we'll answer anytime soon because we can't like just put a whole load of women in a lab and a whole load of men in a lab and never expose them to other humans right is it nature or nurture we don't know but there is this general difference in society certainly western culture that I'm aware of and I just think it's really worth recognizing that this is 
this is something we should hold on to, even if we're trying to fit in to a male-dominated environment. I feel very strongly about that, as you can tell. And I'm, I'm hearing from you that you feel the same. Yeah, I, I think there is beauty in having differences. And I think that, you know, there's a reason why we are different. Mm-hmm. And if we try to be all the same, then we are going to have organizations that are, you know, really kind of bent on just dollars first, not the people. And really the benefit of having a successful company is having people that feel like they're heard, that they're understood, that they're empowered. And you see the results of that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you really listen to people, you really make those adjustments, you can see the difference in just retention levels alone. And, um, you know, mm. we survey um, our team members on a quarterly level to understand how they're feeling about things. So there's lots of touch points that we have evolved into the organization to say, we hear you, we react on everything that you say. We always have a conversation about these things. So I think that that really has allowed us to, you know, really make the credible actions to like <laughs> saying we do these things like, you know, we actually do it. Yeah, I, I might be about to give women more credit than we should have, although I think women don't get enough credit. So, hey, I'll take it anyway. I think it's no accident at all that it's in the last 15 years or so that we've had organizations like yours. We do people surveys, we do ASHU surveys. We care about retention a lot more than we used to. We've recognized retention as an expensive thing to have at a poor level because at the end of the day, even if you need to reduce your workforce, you, you want to lose... You want to lose the be- the worst talent, not the best talent. Right. And <laughs> retention problems, your best talent is the stuff that leaves, right? So, But I think it's no accident that that's happened in the same frame of time that women have had a more prominent place in the workforce. We've got lots of heads of people, VP of the people. The people operations is a thing now rather than it being just purely HR. And many of those roles are female dominated, even in tech, I think you find a lot more actually I've never I'm sure there are VPs of people that are male but I and obviously I'm in a bit of a <laughs> a bit of an echo chamber because I work with women but I I don't know any of my clients who have a head of people who's no that's not true I know one who's got a head of people that she, my client works with who is male but other than that that's it so it's a very female dominated part of the tech industry and I think that is no accident. And I think that's why we're seeing this shift in the culture as well, for the better, in my opinion, because we've got this different perspective. Yeah, I I agree. And I, I love seeing the, you know, how these roles have expanded over the years in different organizations. I think that there's a lot of recognition in how these are affecting people. I think there's also a lot of things that happen globally too that we weren't expecting and mm-hmm. you know how that affects people from a vulnerability like standpoint as well like covid is obviously a prime example of that we had to really take a step back and think about our people that we care about and how do the decisions we make affect them how do we make them feel like they're protected in all aspects of their life including work which is such a huge component of their day to day lives you know, for women and, and really going for men too, is really making decisions around, you know, families and having that time. And, um, there's, there's a lot that's happened over the years. I'm super excited about it. I think that this is really raising that voice and mm-hmm. you know, those concerns where before it might've been, 
you know, the hardest worker, the person that is working, you know, burning the midnight oil, that's the person that's the most successful. When really we have to change our mindset because that's, you know, not going to be a long-term solution Mm -hmm. and it's really just going to hurt everybody. Yeah, 100%. I I really hope people listening to this, even if they are kind of resisting a little bit the word femininity, uh, if that's pushing your buttons, we need to have a conversation about where it's pushing your buttons. Um, If you're listening to this anyway. And I I really hope that they realize that even if they don't resonate with the word, that there are things that women have done to the corporate workplace, which have changed it for the better. And if we're just able to embrace who we are even further, think how much better the workplace could be. I want to move on to allyship. I know like me, you're very passionate about community, allyship, mentorship for women. Could you share with us how allyship in particular has changed your career and what you now recommend to others take advantage of allyship, um, build allies, become allies, all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. It took me a while to really understand the value of this. I think early in my career, I didn't know how to go about it. And then I think one day it just kind of clicked. It was like, it doesn't have to be that difficult. You mm-hmm. just put yourself out there and there are so many people willing to jump in, to help out that have been in that same spot. So um, I have participated in different organizations, different groups. I've gone to different conferences that are female-focused conferences as well. I have talked to women in different and similar roles as well. How do you overcome some of these issues that I'm facing in particular as being a woman? And so again, that's really kind of embracing femininity with, I don't want to change who I am, but I want to approach this in a way I feel comfortable with. I also teach as a a professor at a local university too. So that is another way that I love to provide mentorship for those that are, you know, just like anybody at that age. And I hear all the time, I don't know if I'm going to make the right decision. I feel like I'm scared to jump in. What do I do? So, you know, obviously my class is to lecture in the curriculum, but I do incorporate a large part of it as mentorship too, so that students, even after they're, they've graduated, that they come back and we have conversations, we can revisit resumes, we can talk about next steps and know that they have somebody in their corner. Um, and I think that that's a really tough time in a career too, is, mm. you know, young in it, being green and feeling lacking any ounce of confidence too. It's, you know, want to start off on the right foot and know that each step of the way you have somebody there. Yeah. Um, what would you say is your best piece of advice if somebody wants to become an ally? I would say, you know, absolutely start doing research and, you know, joining local organizations, you know, joining networking opportunities because there are so many opportunities and so many groups out there that give that support. I think it's also really important too, to kind of focus on your niche, you know, area that you work into, because in particular, people are looking for allies that are in very Mm -hmm. similar industry, you know, really honing in on who you're trying to support as well. And really, you know, being, I would say what's really important too is being consistent. You know, if somebody's leaning on you for help, you know, be there for them, be consistent, let them know that you want to do this, Mm -hmm. you want to support them and, and you know, the challenges that they're probably facing. I think, I think a large part of allyship is actually just making others aware that you're available for that. And equally for us seeking allies, look around for the people that are supportive. I do think sometimes creating allies is a matter of having a conversation, asking somebody if, you know, I've got this idea, what do you think? And which kind of comes across as a mentoring question. It's why a lot of 
I think people become allies after like running out of steam from mentorship because a lot of the time these things become sound like I want advice, but actually that's not what you're asking. What you want to do is ask a question such that you're just going to get a yes, no answer. And then say like, would, would you mean, mind advocating for me at this table? Would you mind putting my name forward for this thing? If they are seeing potential in you, you can, you can ask. The worst thing they're going to do is say no. Now, right. we don't want to put people in a difficult situation where they're really uncomfortable about saying no. This is because we don't want to like, I'm all about advocating for ourselves, but we don't want to upset too many people because people struggle to say no, right? Right. And, you know, that can alienate people. People can start avoiding you. But equally, if we never try, we aren't going to get. So you want to try it, see how it goes, refine your pitch. Just get out there and ask for that support that comes with having a couple of allies. And also our allies don't have to be men. There are plenty of women out there now. That's something I'm trying to build is a community of senior leaders who are female who can be allies for the next generation big time. And allies for each other too. I think that's... Another thing is having peer allies. You walk into a meeting uh, with your peers and a boss and your peers have your back. That's a form of allyship that I think is heavily underrated. Would you agree? I agree. I, I, I love that you said that too, because you you want to do good by your team. And you know, mm-hmm. for me personally, it's always my priority is to make sure that they are protected, they feel good, they feel, you know, um, that they're knowledgeable and that they are empowered to do great things. But I also want them to also feel like, hey, I can go to Annie if I have a concern, if I have a question. Mm-hmm. And there is no shortage of people knocking on my door, you know, reaching out to me via Zoom saying, hey, can we have a quick conversation? Can we talk? And I love that because that means that I've done something right in the sense that they can come to me for yeah. whatever is whatever little thing, and maybe it's personal things, it's not work, but I know that it could affect work, that they have that. And that's that's special because I, I want them to, you know, know that at the end of the day, yes, this is a job, but also we have lives, we're humans, and things happen and know that you have somebody there that's going to say, it's okay, it's not the end of the world, it's <laughs> going to be all right. So. Yeah, 100%. Well, what is the number one piece of advice you would give to a woman in tech today considering her next leadership career move? I would say be be honest and true to who you are. And I know that that sounds very, you know, um, <laughs> scripted, but I think that being vulnerable is one of my best pieces of advice is that a lot of times we're thinking things in our head and we're so scared to say them out loud. Yeah. And, you know, people have such brilliant ideas and especially women that they're just so scared of saying out loud and nobody will know you have a wonderful idea if you don't say it. So my, you know, biggest piece of advice is maybe it's not going to be earth shattering. Maybe it's not going to, you know, be so mind blowing, but it's something and people hear you and they know that you have an opinion and a voice. And so don't shy away from that. Oh, I love that so much. I think there's an art to being vulnerable. Um, It's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) There's not to be vulnerable, but when we learn how to do it and do it well, it the dividends are enormous. It's such a beautiful thing. Let's move on to the quick fire round. You ready for this? Yeah. Okay. What is the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? Mm. Worst piece of advice is probably <sighs> fake it till you make it. Oh yeah, right. I hate that. I you know, and it really bothers me, and people still say that to this day. So. Yeah, um, I, I get people coming into my community saying, I'll fake it till you make it. And 
I know where it comes from, but it's such a damaging mindset. It is. It, it's sort of, yeah. Well, oh, there's a whole other conversation. It's definitely not quick fire conversation. But yeah, for those of you listening, there's a, there's a good reason behind fake it to you make it, but it's very, very poorly used. And it's become quite toxic in my opinion. So yes, I'm actually really glad you brought that one up because I think it is really important to recognize how damaging that one can be. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Speak up. And I think that mm. it is, you know, it, and it wasn't meant in a really negative connotation. It was, I want to hear your voice. Yeah. And so, and it can be so subtle, those words. And it was from a mentor many, many years ago that I had early in my career. And he's like, I want to hear your voice. And so when I did, he's like, that's exactly, you're saying exactly mm. what I thought you were going to say. He's like, but I wanted you to say it. So yeah. I think that not, you know, shying away from, you know, pulling it in. Yeah. And I just, I want to state something obvious for the benefit of the audience here. As we're talking about femininity in this show, I just want to point out that speaking up is not against femininity. In fact, I would argue that being feminine is recognizing the power of your voice. <laughs> I just have to state the obvious, but sometimes because of society's expectations around us, we should be seen and not heard, pretty and quiet. Um, that's not femininity, that's indoctrination. Femininity is having a voice and using it. I love that piece of advice. What's the last book you read? Um, Horse by Geraldine Brooks. Really interesting story. It's about this record-breaking thoroughbred, which may not seem super interesting, but it just dives into really the idea of enslavement across animals mm -hmm. and people as well. And so it was just a really beautiful story. Oh, I might have to read that one. Definitely. I will make sure I link to that one is in the show notes for listeners if you're interested. What's the last movie or TV show you watched? I just recently watched Tar with Kate Blanchett. Oh, yes. It was pretty incredible. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Such a powerful film. So that was uh, that was one that really stuck with me. I've read a lot about it, but I've not managed to see it yet. So maybe it needs to go up the list. Sounds like it's quite intense at times. Very intense. Okay. Not not a Friday night fun flick then. No, it was more <laughs> lounge kind of movie with the <laughs> dog laying on my lap so it was kind of a perfect scenario yeah oh wow okay mindset at the end of every episode I'd like to give a mindset tip what is your favorite mindset tip to help leaders and women leaders in particular i would say i'm always a big advocate of being vulnerable um being who you are and embracing that aspect of femininity so you know don't try to be like the person next to you because they're successful pave your own path be true to who you are in that way. And being a woman is one of your greatest gifts. So embrace it, how you lead and manage people. Oh, beautiful. Well, this has been a great conversation. And I'm sure a few people at least will be interested in what you do and your work and connecting with you. So where can people find out more about you and what you do? Sure. I have LinkedIn. So Annie Ragosa at Clear Digital. So my LinkedIn is associated with that. And then also I am on medium.com and I um, do write a couple articles a month as well, specifically around being a woman and um, in client services in this industry. So again, under Annie Ragosa. We'll make sure we link to both of those in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been a wonderful conversation. I think it's something I want more of us to talk about is being female, being feminine. Let's detoxify that word. I think femininity has become poorly misunderstood in the last few years so i'm happy to have conversations where we can turn that around but any final thoughts you want to leave listeners with today i think just you know really 
being able to embrace yourself and um, embrace others and in their viewpoints and their perspectives. And I think collectively, that just really opens us up to be better people in general. So hearing each other out, no matter who you are, is always going to be impactful. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this conversation, for your time and being on the show. And listeners, please embrace your femininity. But until next time, as always, stay on your tech game. Follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech.